to uh so our buckminster fuller had this quote that i always fuck up i'm gonna paraphrase it but it's basically like instead of uh, an armed or violent revolution begin uh, uh imagining envisioning a new future and working towards it present a better present a better model and so that's my thought is to talk to people that i view as as thought leaders and people who are tapped in and let's all of us together share what we can so that somebody out there who's far smarter than any of us can can create a new model right because that's what we really need to do. <clears throat> Yelling at anybody anywhere. I learned this from like festival party culture. Yeah. If I just was really fun and behaving to a high high level, I would just attract people that also, they would see me having fun. And so they, they would then model my behavior. And we were able to create really cool cells of people that were really high vibes and high ethics for the most part, which makes you know life fun, navigating life better. Yeah. Just by setting the example on expecting that. Yeah, not just, you know, armed revolution just leads to the next mafia and the next dictator and the next death camps. And we've done all that death camp shit. And I think we're good, hopefully. I'm good. I don't think we need any more death camps. I'm a no to death camps. Like in Australia? Yeah, that's weird, right? That's super weird. So Josh, right? Our friend Josh. Yeah, yeah. They can't go there because they're, they're kind of hesitant and just waiting to maybe get the thing, whatever. But, uh, He's just telling me crazy stories, and and I can't really even quote exact facts of what's happening. But I mean, it does sound actually pretty fucking overreaching, and especially now for Omicron, which seems so far to be much less virulent, right? And they're just like packing people up, and you get to come back from the thing, but like it's kind of weird to just have to like get on the bus and go to the government camp for a few weeks or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's a slippery slope, don't you think? Oh yeah. Do you, do you know much about it? Um, I mean, I haven't really been paying attention that much. I've been doing other stuff. I, I yeah. just kind of gave up on trying to keep up with what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, I saw people were pissed. And then yeah. Josh said it was pretty overreaching and crazy. And like, they're in your cell phone. Like, the government's in your cell phone. And actually, I updated my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Have you updated your iPhone lately? No, because they do the track and trace thing. Well, they're still asking you if you want to opt in or not. But they're literally like, do you want to opt in on us, like, totally surveilling you all the time? I'm like, no. Not I any, mean, they not say more than you already do. They say they're opting in. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, this is just like, I'm just trying to get used to this. No, no, I'm I'm cool. I'm smoking weed in Anthony's little studio here. Let's get everybody covered in dust. We're getting warmed up. Woo! I like it. Okay. It's like incense, bro. It's like, it gives us a mood. So in, uh... Fuck, bro, I don't remember the exact year. Like, 99, maybe, 2000, something like that. Maybe a little bit sooner. California outlawed smoking in bars. And as a non-cigarette smoker, I was really into it. My friends and I were really into it. And, like, January, like, 2nd or something, because I was much younger and I still was going out to the bars, we went into the bar, the circle bar, where we always went. 
and it was the first time I realized that the smoke acts like a like an old school blur filter on Instagram or something. It makes, <laughs> it makes everybody look way better. And we walked into the circle bar. The light was stark and clear, and like you could see everyone's complexion and the bags under their eyes. It was just like, oh shit. <laughs> Maybe this cigarette thing was a bad. Bring the idea. filter back. Bring the filter yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. It was funny. It was funny. But it was super duper nice to. Uh, Oh, wow, that thing moves quick. Can you hear that? A little bit. Should we turn it down? Maybe like... I just don't want to get in the... the yeah, I, w- I won't hit it again. I'm a bad kid. I don't kid. about that, but... Yeah. If I don't there you go. leave that on, then it gets all in the fucking... In the sound pads. This entire thing is a work in progress, and I really like the DIY punk setup. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've been going through my other show, What's Good, with just doing Instagram live from a phone so far, and I've been assembling little pieces here and there as I can, right, to, to get back up and running. Yeah, but the big thing is like make the content, talk with the friends, have the discussions, like really start start orienting and navigating ourselves, orienting ourselves together, so we can navigate, you know, in these discussions. And like the production values will come, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've been trying to work on it. It's just a lot of fucking well, organizing, dude. When you don't, you're not a sound engineer, and you're just like one day you're like, I'm a yeah. sound engineer. And you're like, how do you do that? And then you're on Google, like, oh shit. So apparently this is the thing people go to school for because it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit. I don't know. We were just fucking with it with the headphones and the thing. And yeah. I don't know. Just navigating it. Yeah. It's like, especially when you want to mess with and play with like nicer equipment, you know, that's going to be more reliable and better over long term. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Then you start getting into like, what's this switch do? Oh, what's this button do? Yeah. So for me, it was uh, a lot of that was vintage recording, uh, vintage music. I play music. Um, yeah. And... And so I really am into vintage tone, tube amplifiers, old school keyboards, like all that kind of miking, miking bass amps and drum and guitar amps, miking the drums. Yeah. And so, in trying to have like twenty four individual tracks recording, I learned so much over, and it took me about a ten year period to really get everything where it was. I had it perfect with no extra sound, no extra hum. Everything was ready to go. Everything, everything, was, uh, signal pass was short and clear, and and yada yada. Yeah, it's a it's a journey. Yeah, dude. So yeah. I get it. When I looked at the back of the of your interface, I was just like, "Oh shit!" I started getting flashbacks. <laughs> and you do you have to label every single thing, dude. It, you you have to it just you disappears. Don't be able to track it. Yeah, it just disappears. Awesome. So are you planning on doing your podcast, like getting it back up and running? Yeah, think, or, yeah, yeah. I just been working on this, getting this thing dialed, gotcha. and like working on epic. yeah, just like the lighting and. Yeah, there's so much, so much to do, you know? It's like, yeah, I mean, I built all the sound panels and got it all dialed, so. It looks so, I mean, it's pro. It yeah, it'll just be. look pro like it actually is. It's like, you got all the things. It'll good be job, good. Dude. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, working on it. I think the next step is like taking the, the cameras and getting better cameras and figuring out what the fuck's going on with the computer. Yeah. I really like, I really like this, and I would suggest getting some type of uh, VR camera. Because you can make a dedicated station, like a seat station for the VR camera, and then somebody who likes your show, they can download it or watch it on the Oculus through YouTube and VR. Really? Yeah, totally. Totally. We, uh, uh, I already figured out how to do it, and we filmed um, a little like What's Good. It was kind of like a What's Good Radio Free Earth combo with JBiz and, and Joe. I haven't had the time to upload it to YouTube yet. That that's the part that's going to be time intensive. So, Anthony is uh, commanding his battle station there. Uh, just we just uh, 
had a breach by a Romulan. Uh, a couple photon torpedoes. Our, our shields absorbed them, but uh, looks like he's having to reroute power from the secondary monitor to the forward shields currently. Also, I hotboxed the room, so he might just be high. <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. That, that <laughs> you know, working out the bugs. Yep, yep. I and mean, that's how you do it is by doing it, right? Yeah. I say make it happen. Dude, that's so cool, dude. I, I just, he's got a little live switcher there, and I'm in love with the thing, because I can see there's a monitor over here where I can catch the uh, the channel. The switcheroo? Bam! Bing bomb. I, I need to find out what that is afterwards because it's a loop deck. Does it is it only that or does that take? No, it's programmable. In? But so that you can do all kinds of stuff with it. And does it just hook right to the computer? or Does it hook to its own other thing? No, it hooks to the computer. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I mean, but that's what I was going to say. Is eventually I want to do like the actual like analog, you know, analog um, cameras. So I have like a black magic switcher and like do it that way. So it's all analog with only one input in the computer. I I've heard of a black magic, but that's the extent. It's just it's a lot more work. Okay. Like just getting it prepared. Analog switcher. That's interesting. So yeah. It, so it they just don't uses an old school rotary switch instead of a digital. No, it's just plugging in. It's analog because it's plug. All the cameras are plugged into it, and then it's like you're switching it separate from the computer. Huh. Okay. It's not a digital okay. switcher. It's okay. analog. And then this this one when you bought that camera, did you was there a way you knew it would work for this? I, I just had that camera. And it just happens to work, um, yeah. Because it's just FireWire USB in, um, HDMI to like a to like a um, HDMI. Uh, what's it called? Um, capture card. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I obviously have a lot to learn still in this whole uh, whole journey, but uh, yeah, this is really cool. I really also like your I like your plant wall. Um, so what do you want to talk about, dude? Yeah, your, your, new, your new podcast concept. Uh, we could talk about that. I, no, I, I mean, what 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 is it like? Oh. What's the you know? So uh, it's kind of a distillation of of what I've been into and what most of my friend group has been into. And again, it was back to uh, Buckminster Fuller and envisioning a, a a better future and offering that. And so it's uh, I play. I've been playing a lot of music, live music with other people, and really trying to create a vibe and create something you know real there. And we're going to start writing songs and we have a plan with that. And then separately on the podcast it's to highlight uh, permaculture gardening and, and uh, remediation of toxins, right? Because respect for the earth and support of life support systems is the only way we're going to be able to do any of this. If the life support systems of our spaceship and our home fail, then we're done. So it starts there. And then it's like community, supportive community and in an authentic way. Um, ethics, integrity, and discipline because I think that uh, ethics, integrity, and discipline are really a, a very uh, important foundation mm -hmm. because without those, it's really hard to... We can all do a bunch of fucking ecstasy at the party and have a great time, wear costumes, and be young and beautiful for a while, right? Yeah. But to really do the work, you got to get up the next day and pack your shit immaculately and get the fuck out of there. And the next day, you got to make sure you work out and that you don't escape into anything, right? And so discipline is about keeping your boots on the ground and keeping your 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 hands working on the daily right so it's it's community it's in, it's ethics integrity and discipline it's respect for the earth uh bioremediation and then it would be art you know art uh, musical art um visual art any type of artwork or performance mm -hmm. um movement art fighting arts athletics yoga breath work trippy cool human optimization stuff i like that 
it's really just a just a chance to highlight. I think that there's a lot of people doing these these type of things. I just think that I have a fairly unique perspective and voice and, and, and a good ability to uh, you know network with people, but also to present concepts in a way that make them approachable that I feel oftentimes I hear people hinting around at, but they just don't quite hit the nail on the head. And uh, um, the other thing I really want to highlight in talking with everybody is this theory I have. And I've started whiteboarding. I have my own crazy whiteboard theory now, right? <laughs> yes. I bought the crazy whiteboard. And so it starts with the... Uh, Pre twelve thousand year old uh, ocean going megalith building transoceanic transcultural pancultural civilizations. They were scientific psychedelic. That describe the atom in the Vedas. That describe Sirius B, the dog star, and its uh, its companion. It's a binary star. You know these uh, African indigenous cultures described it. You know pre twelve thousand years ago, and they still have records of, of their description of it. And, yeah, and so that's where we were. You know, thanks to acceptance and openness and uh cultural exchange and psychedelics and and science i believe right and then we have the younger dryas comet comet impact theory put forth by randall carlson and really getting a lot more traction and there's like was it a comet what is a super volcano was it a solar flare something happened right and then through that how it caused a worldwide ptsd uh hundreds of thousands to millions of people were reduced to a couple thousand um, all the North American megafauna were killed within a couple of days. The ice caps were melted. There was a thousand-year period of oscillating heat waves and, and ice cap formation and torrential mega floods. And I think that – and I, it's not something that I just think. This is something that came to me a long time ago. But scholars much brighter than me have written a lot of books, and I've been able to synthesize the output of a lot of these books. And like basically – there was an ecological catastrophe. We fell away from the psychedelics and the ceremony because people were just trying to survive at all and trying to uh, capture whatever knowledge was left. Humanity fell into a patriarchal system where uh, marriage gifts, which were primarily agricultural at first, began to be gained through cross-cousin marriages. This created economic stratification and chiefdoms, and it created the in-groups, the out-groups. And it's really the reason for arranged marriage and sexual suppression was pre-birth control. You had to suppress who was having sex with who in order to uh, accumulate the, the childbirth gifts or the marriage gifts into the right families. And so arranged marriage... Sexual suppression, how that led into the Abrahamic. So you think that that's you think that's what it was with like how um, these like ruling elites formed is through I do. marriage gifts. I do, and and the book that really highlighted this for me is a book um, called Invas "The Invasion of Compulsory Sex Morality" by uh, Wilhelm Reich. He was a student of Freud's, and he used the works of uh, an ethnographer named Andres Malinowski who went through the Trobriand Islands, which I believe is like around New Guinea. Mm -hmm. And he went to thousands of islands and he did ethnographic studies on each one. And some were what they called primitive work democracy. Everybody works. Everybody shares. Nobody knows like anything about uh, where the child comes from. Yeah. Right. Everyone's equal. The next uh, formation is uh, goddess centered female led um, uh, societies where the older brother of the woman who has the child is, is seen as the father. And the people, the person or persons having sex with her are seen as, uh, you know, her lovers. And they have to give an agricultural gift to that brother for having a child with the, the lovers have to? Yes. Right? And how by gaming these particular second cousin, cross cousin marriages, you can basically pull a fandango where one dude gets all of the potatoes. <laughs> and in the women led. And the work democracy civilizations where they haven't started gaming the system, right? 
everybody's equal. Everybody's eating. People are people are getting the potatoes. Yada yada yada. Oh, and and the ch- that's what I was gonna say is like the children can like fuck around with each other, and it's not so important who marries who, right? And there and premarital sex is allowed not between adults and children at all, but <clears throat> with children, amongst children. And so then when you get to the the patriarchal cultures where you're they're becoming economically stratified, now you have this particular gaming of the marriage that causes all of the agricultural surplus to show up in, on one person's doorstep. Mm-hmm. You get sexual suppression. Yeah. Pre, pre and arranged marriage because you don't now that woman's womb is at risk is of, the uh, is the asset essentially it is the asset and it's at risk of spilling your assets outside of your bloodline right and so what I think is I don't think this was done at first out of ill will I think that humanity was re- was responding to a gigantic yeah eco- just trying e- to figure out a risk. ecological yeah. catastrophe I mean like anything right it's yeah. just like yeah. It's like a triage, and it's just like we've been trying to fix it the whole way. I mean, like like how Western allopathic medicine, a lot of people talk shit about it, but Western allopathic medicine is r- literally a series of people running up next to the human race as it just spouts blood and dies from infections and, and, and falls down dead for no fucking reason. And just being like, here, let me try to split that. Oh, let me try this. Oh, shit, that didn't work. Okay, we, okay, we got this, so now that's a thing we can do. And like the entire thing we're doing since 12,000 years ago, ago is a triage. I mean, maybe... It's possibly maybe possibly this is this is just something I think based on a but have you thought about have you thought about like potentially that you know behind the scenes even deeper is there's like the knowledge keepers that came from antediluvian culture I think that there there was and there were and there may have been surviving informational strains like, and there may still be to this day like yes. the like the idea that like you know Osiris Isis Quetzalcoatl, Viracocha, like these are all like high priest knowledge keepers. I agree. But I don't think that those people, the civilization that those people arose from was anywhere near as malignant. No, no, it's not malignant at all. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I don't think that, I think that some of them may have survived and there's there's, uh, legends in Samoa of that. There's legends. I mean, I don't even know if the entire concept of what's going on right now is malignant. If there, if... So I can't usually have this conversation with a lot of people because most people don't know a lot of this stuff that you're talking about, you know, like mud yeah. flood stuff. Yeah. Kind of things like that. Um, but what if for the last 12,000 years, these or more, you know, 15, 12 to 20, essentially, um, these cultures are going on, right? These cultures are forming, things are happening, but behind the scenes, there's a bigger picture happening being led by these secret societies or whatever you want to call them that were started by people that did have the knowledge, didn't lose connection with what was before. Um, and have been on this quest to essentially figure out how to stop it from happening again. And now we're in this age where we have the ability to get into high earth orbit, have the ability to do all these things and uh, I personally think that a lot of the high science that's happening right now is, you know, it's disguised under different things. But it's like, you know, with the, what's that telescope that just launched? The, um, the James, the, the James Webb telescope. Yeah, the James yeah. Webb telescope that's going to be out by the sun. Like, what is that for? You know, what what have they been working on that for? I mean, you know, maybe it's to gaze deeper into the universe or maybe it's to be able to see deeper into the universe so we can track objects coming towards us. I think it would be smart of them to start looking at, at near-Earth objects. And well, yeah. Closer. Yeah, very much so. But then it's so. like, you know, t- researching, um, Graham Hancock talks about it all the time, the, the 
uh, what the comet something organization that's like working to figure out how to stop comets from hitting the earth right right what if, what if they're you know with like what elon musk is doing with these like reusable rockets and building the net of satellites around the w- world under the guise of like bringing you know whatever it is what's that thing he's doing starlink starlink, starlink yeah yeah and it's like okay so you got these you know you could essentially build like a defense net around the planet that uses like that would be awesome you know concentrated energy because um, you can steer the meteorites with by heating up one side. They think that's possible. Yeah. So, so, I mean, if you built a net around the Earth that just had lasers on it that could heat up way off into space that was, you know, James Webb Telescope could recognize a new Earth idea, object. Dude. And then just shoot a laser and heat up one yeah. side of it. I mean, if you caught it when it's, you know, however many miles away, you heat it up enough that it changes two degrees and it'll miss the Earth by the time it gets there. I mean, that sounds like a good plan. You know? Yeah. But back back to your question... I, I do think that there were people that survived. I just think that the the forces that were taking place for that next thousand years on the earth really I just think it fucked with people. I think it the amount of scarcity, the amount of trauma. Just to try to imagine the scale of like the the, the sky ripping open from something from the galaxy coming in and lighting the sky on fire and like everything in North America dead in like two days. Yeah, it's traumatizing. Yeah. But yeah. that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying is like as always, in any traumatic situation, the masses are going to freak out, but there's going to be a few people that are like, okay, like let's regroup and figure out how to fucking make this never happen again. Very much so. And I, th- yeah. I, I do think that could be possible. Um, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do is outline greater social forces that I think are relevant to the immediate problem of what do we do right now in setting a tra- trajectory. And so what that is is from the Abrahamic religions. We watch them branch off for the... And and they really branch off malignantly in a couple different directions, but we'll talk about Christianity and the Roman Catholic Church, right? The Roman Catholic Church inherited these these same sexually suppressive, monotheistic, real heavy sexually suppressive, woman-dominating cultural beliefs. And they went through, and and their act upon forming the Christian Church was to de-indigenize the entire European continent, to take away the drum, the knowledge of what plants healed people, um, yeah, uh, travel across the countryside, ownership of books. They basically wiped the knowledge so they could create the intercessor and create their whole trip, which I want to go into in depth on my um, on, on on the podcast and while talking with people, we could talk about as much as you want, right? And so, the only reason I offer that because I think it's one of the things creating one of the major dichotomies right now in Western thought and in a lot of the world, and it's propelled so much of what what went wrong. So, what do you think? What do you think the goal is for that, though? What do you think their their reasoning for trying to eliminate that is? I think the reason for the Roman Catholic like Church a concentration was, of power. I think it was to, to preserve economic stratification, and for them to rule the world. And if you look at the first thousand years after the formation of the church. The Dark Ages and all that, they did a really good job of basically economically freezing social classes and economic classes. And it wasn't until the turbulence of the Black Death that the Renaissance happened you know, the middle class was created because there was just so much chaos. The, the, the control grip was loosened for a moment, mm-hmm. right? And so for me, like, the, how do we get back there? It's not about banning any religion, but it is about realizing the aberrant uh, uh, tendencies and the malignant tendencies inside these um, religions so that we can correct them if we don't expunge them and just get everybody off of sexual shame and control. I mean, that's, I feel like that's like the main thing. If you get rid of the sexual shame, all the other stuff will work itself out. 
Hallelujah. And that is how I came to the work of Wilhelm Reich, because Wilhelm Reich has a book called From Freedom for Fascism and the Murder of Christ, The Invasion of Compulsory Sex Morality. He has several, uh, you know, uh, book length uh, treatises on how sexual suppression uh, turns into fascism. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Frustration. Yeah, exactly. And how sexually suppressive cultures become fascist and warlike. And then there's another uh, gentleman named James DeMeo who has a book called Sahar Asia. And this is where I got the, because of my, just turn on to the megaliths and the timeline of the blah, 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 and how did it happen? And I read this book that I find about from Reich when I'm trying to, when I'm attempting to learn more about like personality, character analysis, and how uh, ideas, more than just traumas, actually like body postures can reflect ideas about oneself and how one integrates with society and how touch, work, and breath and types of movement can lead to psychological and emotional freedom, right? But then I find out there's a book called Sahar Asia by a man named James DeMeo, and he talks about the desertification of the Sahara leading to the sexually suppressive, uh, female suppressive, uh, warlike um, northern African and Middle Eastern cultures. And he outlines the whole thing. And when I saw that whole thing, I'm like, holy shit. If you take this model and you put it on Yeah, because there's something, right? Like the Sahara Desert is not on a location where it should be a desert. No. And it wasn't up to Mm -hmm. a couple thousand years ago. And then all of a sudden, it radically desertified. And part of that was humanity over-harvesting trees and, and bad uh, 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 cultivation practices. Part of it was the Romans salting parts of the earth when they would go there to go to war with Carthage. They would literally just salt the earth so nothing would fucking grow. Fucking assholes. <laughs> but uh, So in seeing that blueprint for, for Sahar Asia and, the, and Northern Africa and the Middle East and what happened... I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense if you overlay that with the invasion of compulsory sex morality and and what Malinowski saw as, as far as cultural development with what happened to the megalith builders and 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 what became of it. It's pretty easy to see that we're we're still in the grips of twelve thousand years of PTSD. I think it's more than that. And granted, what I posit is that really what we need is everybody because we're all a family, and we have some fucking asshole cousins, but they are our cousins. <coughs> And I don't think we're ever going to make the world whole by drawing a line and getting on two sides of it. And I think that what we need to do is we need to find a way to reach out and deprogram the people that are right now them so they can also be us. And we all need to reconnect with psychedelics, but even more so, all of us reconnecting with psychedelics. I should say a critical mass, not everyone. A critical mass should definitely connect with psychedelics, but even more so, we need I mean, to uh, you know, have it's more like, community-focused ritual yeah, and more earth and astrological-focused ritual. You don't think it's already money. happening? I think it is happening. Okay, because yeah. I, I was, you know, it's like statistically speaking, we it is very peaceful right now. I think it is happening. I also think there's indigenous cultures that know that there are indigenous cultures extant today, like the Hopi, for instance, that never have lost any of their location in space time, never lost any of their rituals, never lost any of their culture, and I, I fucking applaud them and I look up to them for being such sound stewards of their culture. And I think that it's happening amongst you know people like us reconnecting as well. I don't think I'm uh, in any vanguard of any movement again just as much as happy as that it's happening and wanting to give everything that i have to empowering voices of people who are younger smarter more on the ball and have better well-formed ideas and i mean you think it's like you know when you look at these cultures that didn't lose their culture is it like an ebb and a flow you know like um kind of like you know like you look at the hopi you look at the weechel you look at the shipibo they're very much very concentrated power sources of culture right yep. and so it's like you know maybe it's expanding out from these cultures because a lot of the cultures yeah. reflect all these different ideas that these cultures hold it's like expanding out from there 
and then it's like contracting in and expanding out. You know what I mean? But it's they're like, able to hide out and yeah, and and that's and why they're it. like the yeah. they're like the seed. Yeah, you know, and then I, they come back out when it's time and reseed the consciousness for what needs to be. That makes very much you know sense. I do. That makes very much sense. Yeah, I mean, because that's that's you know, I, I mean, I, I'm on the same page with you on all this stuff, but but the the sense of evil or something, um, or the sense of bad or the sense of it's almost like contrived restriction creates friction which creates like resistance which creates power which creates force which creates energy right right which is yeah, what which is really cool which is what is needed to escape the gravitational pull of earth and culture right and so that's what i'm saying is like when you're in the age of pisces which is like basically about duality you're going to gain power and force by putting more energy into that duality. The more you can strike, create stratification and push yeah. the top and the yes. bottom farther apart, it creates a vortex in between culturally, emotionally, energetically, where now these people at the bottom want to get to the top and the people at the top want to stop from getting to the bottom. So you create this tension in between, yes. which is what creates the industrial revolution, which is what creates all these things that now we're... We, we see that they're starting to harm us. Yeah. Right. But the, what I'm saying again, the race, the race that we're at is not, can we save the earth or destroy the earth ourselves? There are, whether people want to re- realize it or not, the reason why co- secret societies like the Masons who are keepers of the knowledge about the meteorites, why they don't talk about it, why it's secret, why it's held in great esteem and nobody gets that information out. Because I ninety ninety nine percent of the populace, I don't think has done the emotional work to be able to yeah. carry the fear yeah. of being obliterated at any moment at by any something moment. they have no control over. Yeah, right. Like I, I get that. a meteorite could hit us right now and rip the Earth in half and be done for. Yeah, you know. And so, can you walk around with that knowing and not lose your fucking mind? I do. I, I know, but I'm saying like no, I get it. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's like you got to keep some of that stuff secret, right? And if you're on it, and if you're on a broad, I mean, think about it, dude. The timeline. Say it's twenty thousand years. Yeah. Say you know, or twenty six thousand year cycle, right? Say you're on a mission to prevent, and not even humans, right? Like, let's look at it as from a planet perspective. Let's actually have the respect for the planet that she's a conscious being. Oh, the planet is trying to. The planet is trying create to create a defense create, system. Yeah. I mean, that could make sense. The planet yeah. itself is trying to create a defense system. Yeah. So, you know, we see plants and animals dying we see th- extinctions we see cultural extinctions all these things but from a planetary perspective if we respect gaia as a living entity me as a living entity how much would i how much of my personal time personal things am i willing to sacrifice to save something that i love or save my own life right and so for for the planet as a whole if any moment a meteorite could come whizzing out of nowhere and rip the thing in half, uh-huh. destroy it forever. There uh-huh. would never be any life ever again. That's complete extinction, complete obliteration, right? So if, if in the process of figuring out how to stop that from taking place, you lose species and some culture, what's, you know, it's like, 
I mean, oh, it's I get, not a very I, popular no, viewpoint, obviously, no, but, no, but it's I, like, I get what you're saying. but I'm saying it's like, it gives you perspective when you realize that at any moment we could be fucking obliterated I don't, at any moment. I totally. So it's like, yeah, I, I when I, you sit with that and you realize what you're saying, like, completely. it's, you yeah, know, yeah. it's difficult if you're looking at it from a myopic perspective of like, oh my God, that, that frog is extinct, but it's like, yeah, but, but if, if, and this all hinges on if, if what I'm, what I'm saying is correct, what I think is correct, that behind the scenes Every single process that has looked evil or good or whatever during the last age that we've been existing in has been a has been a a process and a distillation of energy in order to create the technology and the fuel sources and the concentrations of energy and knowledge and culture to be able to literally escape the gravitational pull to be able to build the fucking safety net around i think that once that trigger is flipped once that switch gets flipped and that and and that defense system gets turned on i think that as a whole because we're not separate from the earth people all everybody's always trying to forget this if the earth has anxiety right so what you're saying about the ptsd from the meteorite strike it might not be our anxiety alone the earth itself might be carrying an innate fear of what could happen and that's going off and that's carrying out into her the people that walk on her walk on her and live off of her and are her right and so as soon as that overall anxiety that the planet is carrying goes away like the schumann resonance essentially like it's been raising and raising right yeah it's like planetary anxiety almost once that defense system's in place it might start to calm back down and if it starts to calm back down we don't know how human beings are going to respond that that sense of anxiety that's like all pervading on our planet today might be because the vibrational energy the earth is anxious because she knows that it's getting fucking close to the time when we're going to pass back through that the what is what's the belt the 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 meteor belt yeah yeah yeah, the kuiper belt the kuiper belt yep yeah so if if she knows we're getting close to that fucking time the anxiety is going to fucking build and build and build and build unless all of a sudden, boom, we activate the fucking defense thing and then she can breathe. So I don't disagree with you at all. I just think that uh, two things. Number one, I think that we as a species are capable of doing it better in a remarkably fast fashion because I've seen that happen in, in smaller events and in smaller communities. Right. Like I, I think that we are all. I mean, we're doing it pretty fucking fast. If I were to take my children, for example, right. If I were to beat them and molest them, there's actually less chance that they're going to really thrive in school, be able to go on to college and be able to have a job, especially a leadership position, right? If I, if I even ratchet it down, if I just am constantly screaming and fucking out of my mind or near psychotic or high on drugs, it's going to make it harder for my kids to study. It's going to make it harder for them to focus. If I even ratchet it down another level, if I'm just not supportive of their hobbies, and their dreams and their schooling and I make them walk to school and I make them figure it out they're not going to have they could still at every one of these points they could still be amazing and thrive right but what but, if we, but do you think but wait, this- let me just let me just get this out but at every step downgraded it gets harder and harder for them at every step of trauma to thrive right and so I'm not disagreeing with anything but you're there's saying. also the other level to that is that if somebody lives without any traumas they don't have the desire to push and create new exciting things i agree they become comfortable so there's a balance there i agree and i think that's where discipline comes in but i also am totally into the the planetary defense system i was turned on to that uh through the book smile by timothy leary which is uh sentience mind expansion intelligence life extension and then using all of that to explore space and peace right 
So I totally, I'm with you on that 100%. Um, my only point is, A, I think we're capable of doing better, and B, whatever we're doing right now, whether it's inventing better batteries, better ways to feed people, or ways to clean the earth, ways to treat each other better, I would like to find a platform wherein we can have those discussions and we can empower those voices. And this is, a, this is an example of it in that here we are and here you are and, and we're getting to spread our, both of our perspectives, right? And these aren't even a competing perspective where we're, it's more of a building perspective where yeah, we're, yeah. we're both trying to contribute. And, I mean, we're both star navigators here and we're just sitting here like looking at it like, shit, what do you think, dude? Like, well, I think this. Okay, well, I think that. Okay, whoops. I can see how those go together. I think this, I think that. And we begin to build and, and we've been doing amazing building in, in our in our minds and in our knowledge for years, for years now. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the earth is alive. I think we're, we're, we're cells in a global organism. A yeah. Lot, and so I'm saying our, like a, lot our shared, a lot of our shared perspectives though are less sentimental than, than a lot of people's. And so, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't a bit. Yeah. And I don't know if they're less sentimental. Okay. I, I mean, well, how would you describe I know, Because I, I feel like both of us have a very big heart. And are very oh, present yeah. and loving and sentimental. Okay. I think that, like I said, uh, when you do psychedelics and you do the spiritual work and you do the emotional work and you do the discipline work, um, just mind discipline, I think that the capacity of your awareness grows to such a okay. great extent that you're able to hold multiple viewpoints and larger viewpoints oh, yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, I'm not not sad or sentimental that there's species dying on the planet and that there's culture. Trust me. It like is like this burning, like horrible yeah. sadness that yeah. overwhelms and overcomes me on a regular basis. Well, that's fine. We're still going. Um, it does this. It turns off on the random. It's the, it's just, it's one done. of the new features of GoPro. I agree. You're, but, you're, you're but not, you're me, not being callous about it. No, but you also understand that this is part of the process. These are greater processes of life. And I, I agree and mirror that. And if I can just turn back on. Ta-da. I don't know. Recording again. Go pro. Uh, so to, what I'm saying is when you, when you grow that capacity. Yes, sir. Right. You don't, the emotionality of it doesn't go away. You, gotcha. The size of the container grows. Word. So it's like, word. Yeah, I'm, it's really fucking sad and it's really fucking hurtful and it, and it often brings me to fucking tears. Right? Been there, yeah. But when you take, when you also are holding the reality that at any moment a meteorite could rip the fucking planet in half. And that's not that's not made up, no. right? Like that's not a joke. That's no. fucking reality at any moment. We have close calls all the time. Yeah. So I'm gonna figure out why that does that someday. But if, if that's a reality in any moment, then that's another anxiety and fear that you're holding simultaneously with the sadness. Yeah. Right. And that's a yeah. tremendous amount of weight to carry and so it's not about being calloused no I callous. it's yeah. about being like and i don't even want to say realist it's just about being aware of the fact that like yeah 
I think both every of those all the cultures can be destroyed in an instant if yeah. if if this thing doesn't continue to go forward. We never know what's going to happen. You keep going. Yeah. Well, I'm actually right here. Perfect. I mean, that's just that's that's just the thing. That's all I'm saying. I totally, I totally, oh. I agree. I agree. It's just like. I mean, I'm still with. If it's all gone tomorrow, like, you know, that would be a bummer. Like one in the hands, we're two in the bush. Old redneck sayings, you know. It's also, man, if you get just high enough, you can see that all there is is infinity and yourself. Yeah. So. And the game. Yeah. So pick the one you want to play. Have fun. You got that GoPro going? You going pro, bro? Dude, I am not. I'm fucking go amateur. (laughs) Then you go amateur. Turns off for no reason. What's going on with this thing? We don't even know. Check out the website. We won't tell you. Right? (laughs) They did have a guy call me from... uh, Well, at least you got that one. The, The Theta thing that I bought. The Theta whatever... Theta? Rico Theta camera, the 360 camera I bought. Oh, okay. Stop fucking charging. Oh, jeez. Remember, bro. I showed you that. Oh, you did have, yeah. Yeah, just completely stopped charging. My connector. That's your friends? Yeah. And they make, uh, uh, looks like different fungal infused honeys? Um, yeah, I mean. Awesome. Uh, what's this one's got? Organic raw honey, cacao butter, cacao powder, ashwagandha, Makuna, Shatavari, Chaga, Cordyceps, Lion's Mane, Rishi, Turkey Tail, Gynostema, Rhodiola, Vanilla Bean Powder, Shilajit, and Rose. Is it uh, all like, the things? Is it like a? Do you spoon it or is yeah, it? Yeah, it's like a honey. It's a honey. Oh, word. Yeah, where it's like even put it in a drink. Yeah, do you or want something? I'm uh, not with the Mambe. I'm good for the moment. Yeah. All the things, bro. <laughs> I'll smoke some weed with with the Mambe. Um, what was he say? Oh, mushrooms. Are amazing, right? Yeah. And I'm going to get to co- talk to this uh, gentleman named William Padilla Brown in do we, Aust- Austin. Did we meet him? Oh, no, no. You might have been with me when he was a, as a got dreads. He's the mushroom growing dude. He talked on the panel. I don't think I met him with you. What, no, is, he, I, what is he doing? I met him. So he's the first. I might get this wrong, so don't kill me. But uh, I think he's the first person to successfully grow cordyceps mushrooms in the U.S. And I know for sure he wrote a book about growing cordyceps mm-hmm. mushrooms. And then he does a lot of other th- really cool stuff with mushrooms. Okay. And like he was the Emerald Cup giving a talk uh, related to psychedelic mushrooms. Did we talk to him? We may have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, the mushroom guys, right? Yeah, probably. With, with the... With the uh, no, those... They were there, guys? but he wasn't there. Okay. He was with them also, but he, he wasn't there when we talked to him. So, um, but the other thing he's doing, right? So, he is teaching inner city kids or young adults... How to grow cordyceps mushrooms because it's not that uh, economically intensive to start up, and you can get like eight hundred to thousand bucks for a pound of cordyceps mushrooms. And so he's like showing them way to empower themselves financially, and not have to fucking sell drugs and get in fucking trouble. And like he was already awesome and everything he was doing was fucking awesome. And then he said that and I was just like, dude, that's the mega awesomest fucking thing I've probably heard yeah. in like at least months. I'm like, will you please come on my podcast? And, like, and I was just telling him to come to the alternate timeline shit and like, yeah, you know, just same thing. And, and he's of a similar mindset. You know, I won't make any claims for what he actually thinks, but he's of a similar mindset and that he's supporting ties to the earth and authentic connection and authentic ceremony. And, and I mean, how, how deep down in the rabbit hole of like the, the, you know, far out there psychedelic concepts are you like trying to go on your podcast? I'm open to anyone sharing anything, and I'll you know, probably ev- end up sharing every crazy story I have. I mean, because you, I mean, you're, you, you're, I mean, me and you are similar in like the idea, the you know, the knowledge about mushrooms and how fucking out there 
otherworldly, alienly psychedelic they are. Oh yeah, totally. And the way I kind of look at it is, is in relating to other people, I try to use science and logic-based systems that have some empirical evidence or group-wide agreement. Yeah, but there's something weird about that going on, man. Like you, you know, I, I, it's I, like I with you. the with the mud flood stuff and the weird shit. Like there's, you know, I mean, what do we, what do you, you know, the the idea of empirical evidence and science-based, you know, fucking like concept that that shit's kind of out the window i feel like at some at some turning points like you know the the idea of the the younger dryas comet impact is like you know that's crackpot theory but yet it's becoming more accepted actually i know but i'm saying like what five years ago it's you know what i mean it's like what's tripping me out is with uh, randall carlson intel drones right, right. you remember this until he got a fucking drone oh, I remember and could go straight this. up yes. in the air. Yes. Everything he was saying was a theory yeah. until he flew that drone straight up in the air and he was able to demonstrate how yep. the entire landscape of like, what is it, like South Dakota or something? What was the place with the little cabin? I believe it's South Dakota. Yeah. And they go up and it looks like the ripples on, on like the, in a, in a shallow uh, it looks creek like the, bed. Or, yeah. Like what water the, does the rivulets. Yeah. The like rivulets the, created when the water recedes. Yeah. After carving out. Yes. Yes. Very much so, and like how, but but that's what I'm saying is, if there is some sort of, and that's empirical evidence, the footage he has as well as the photo, the photos he has of, of these places, or like Robert Shock's evidence, and for me it's not, so it's so concerning that every single person accepts the evidence as much as there is something to, to point to because I think with a with the preponderance of small bits of evidence put into a coherent case you can kind of describe currently what's going on right but my point my point with that is is that up until that point that was a thought for him yes, it was sir. based on but nobody else believed it yes sir yes sir. and so this is what i'm saying about like with mushrooms or these things like a lot of psychonauts and these like out there thinkers might have crackpot fucking crazy ideas that maybe no, don't have the empirical evidence because up until Randall Carlson had a drone to go straight up in the air and it was not there was no empirical evidence other than his theories and his descriptions. I'm only speaking for myself. And so so what I mean is this. If we're speaking about something and I'm trying to relate it to you as real, I will have something tied to the concept of its realness to present to you. And if we're just talking about philosophies or concepts, we'll talk about that. And when I talk about when I discuss my inner experiences with friends or other people, I decouple it from what is real to here's this experience I had that seems to have taught me something and contains a, a message in it or a lesson in it. And if I can take that and I can at least have a, a demonstrable betterment in my behavior from that experience, I'll probably relate that story to people. But I would never, like I see fairies. Uh, there was a time. But, you're, but what I'm saying is you're not the only person that's seen fairies. And, and I'm not claiming to be, but what I'm saying is I would never in a million years attempt to enforce a reality to my experience of what I saw that took place inside my consciousness. But, okay, That's but, all I'm saying. But this, this is why I'm having this conversation. Yeah. What? Why? Why don't you believe that fairies are real, even if they're only a psychological shared hallucination within human minds? I don't believe that they're not real. Okay, but I this have, is what I'm saying. What 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 do you consider to be evidence, if not thousands of years of anecdotes from thousands and thousands and thousands of humans having a collective experience of interacting with fairies and having rules and mores for interacting with them? Right. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to say fairies aren't real. 
what I'm just trying to say is that there are experiences that have happened to me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm more than willing to talk about them. But from a ground of, like, I never would ask anyone to accept or believe anything because it's only been proffered. Well, they're not going to accept it if you give them evidence. I mean, that's been proved a lot more lately. So that's all I'm saying. Like, to me, they're real. And especially because now into my my experiences, I see the same crew. And I tend to kind of go to kind of some of the same places with them. And they even seem to be kind of, like, aligned with elements of my family. And I don't know how that's real. Or true, but it happens, right? Um, and I have other experiences like that, and, and I'm sure you do, and, and a lot of people on psychedelics do. And what I like to do is find the way that the experience or message can influence my behavior in a positive way and look to people who are more talented at me at creating visionary art that find that I, where I, wherein I can find shared elements of the vision. Because even though I found oftentimes when I go to talk to them, they seem as equally nonplussed as me about exactly what it was. I can find elements in the geometry of and and the and the visions that they that they have brought forth that that strike a chord, right? Like the the hallway of the faces that Alice Gray paints, right? Like what exactly is that? It's definitely something because I've been there, right? And like, but what is it? That's what I'm saying. It's a shared. <laughs> it's a shared experience. So yeah, totally, totally. You know, I, I personally, I think you know, we we're going to and we need to start shifting this idea of like real and unreal like what is real evidence or what is not it's like if you and alex gray and why is that painting so popular because so many people have been there we need like nasa so that's empirical evidence that exists yeah i think we need nasa for psychedelics for that I but think, that's what i'm saying i think we need like a because gal- it's it, there's multi multiple dimensions it's not just yeah. like physical so it's oh, like yeah. just like randall carlson needed a drone to fly up so he could tell he could show look this is what i've been saying all along it's like, yeah, Alex Gray is painting this painting and millions of people are seeing me like, whoa, I've been there. And so at what point do you go, well, that must be a real place because millions of people have been there, whether it's in this dimension or in an extrasensory dimension or whatever, it's right. real. I'm, and I'm it's not shared. Trying to, I'm not trying to, to disagree with the fact of it being real or not. I'm just, I'm just saying yeah. we, sh- we just got to be braver in what, we, you know, it's like I'm, material I'm into, sciences. I'm, I'm into sharing stories, but they get weird quick, bro. Tell me about like, it. Yeah, like one time I saw the Lords of Time, right? I've told you about this one. Yeah. So it was the maybe third or fourth time I did DMT. And at the time I was doing like at least four hours of martial arts a day, a couple hours of Qigong and yoga a day, working out all the time, eating really very pure, not doing any drugs, having a little sex. It's probably why I could never levitate. <laughs> and uh, out of nowhere, man, I was like, let me just... Uh, let me just do one of these huge bong hits at DMT after doing like four hours of class and I did a bunch of stuff. Oh, it's going to shit on my little story, you fucking GoPro. It seems like it's, I think it's the government, bro. It probably Every time we start to tell cool stories. Dude, we were talking about the CIA, it did it. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so I did like four hours of class, a couple hours of yoga, even did like some breath work and then I was like, where, I'm going to take one of these gigantic bong hits at DMT, like two foot bong. Why not? It's three in the morning. And someone said, whatever you do, don't open your eyes. And I was like, okay, word. So I'm going to take this huge bong hit of DMT with my eyes open. Because, like, if you're not supposed to, I definitely want some of that shit. Like, what, are you going to go crazy? Fuck that. Um, you hear that, CIA? And so I sit down, and I take this gigantic fucking bong hit of DMT like I really yeah. do it. And uh, all of a sudden, in my dark room, face of a being that I was about to see again in a moment just pushed through our, our dimensional reality. I could see it. And it showed me a, a point, right? And then 
there was a mudra that my hands went into and there was a sound I heard and then it showed me a tetrahedron and there was a mudra my hand went into and a sound I heard and then it showed me platonic and Euclidean solids stacking on the tetrahedron in different ways making these different shapes and every one of my hands were doing these crazy mantras like I was typing out some crazy shit on a short shorthand or whatever and uh, then I go boom and I fucking zoom off and I'm like what and I see like the tunnel and the fractals and I go like bam and I go through the fractals and it's black nothing and I was like what the fuck like I'd never been through the fractals right and I was like whoa and I look back and the fractals aren't behind me and then I see this little dude and he's got like a silent jetpack it seems like oh the guy that's zooming around and he's made out of like uh, 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 transforming geometry right and he's got he's making fractal trails everywhere he's going and then I see another one and the same thing but slightly different and then another one, and then they're like rocketing through time, where, like yeah. And where their trails hit, where two any two hit, they start to crystallize. And where every three hit is the beginning of the wavefront of the space time universe. And I can see the fucking universe being created by these people, right? I'm like, all right, cool. And one of them zooms up to me, and he's like telepathic. He's like, yo, dude, like everything's made out of sound. You need to learn to start playing music. And here's how we do it. And he goes boom, and he shows me a point. And it goes swing into a line, and it turns into a triangular plane that pops up into a tetrahedron. And the first time, tetrahedrons popped onto it, and then it formed this kind of universe, right? And it went exponential, where it was like, boom, ding, boom, boom. And then he's like, okay, or we can do it this way. And it goes, point, line, plane, tetrahedron, cube. And it goes, and it makes a different kind of universe. It's like, point, line, tetrahedron, dodecahedron. You know what I mean? Like, through each of the shapes, right? And each one makes a totally different fucking material universe. And so he's like, okay, so that's how we do it. It's all made out of sound. Go learn to play music, and now you got to go back. And I'm like, whoa! And like, I, I go back, and I'm like, dude, that was the craziest shit. I'm gonna learn to play music, like whatever these space aliens told me to. Like, cool. So I don't think much of it. I immediately buy a guitar and a bass from one of my friends who's a musician. And like a couple weeks later, I'm riding my bike. I live in Venice Beach. I'm riding my bike at the beach, and I'd never been to this before. And but they have this festival of the Hare Krishnas. And they have these two-story floats that are made out of wood and covered in flowers. And they have hundreds of thousands of Krishnas come from across the world to, like, share food and people singing Hare Krishna. And it's like a big Krishna festival the whole weekend, right? And I'm like, I'm going to go check this out, right? So I ride my bike down, right? And at this point, the parade's done and they just have the three floats parked. And I ride over on the grass where the three floats are, dude. I'm getting chills. And I look up and they've got these little wooden statues of the three dudes I saw. And my fucking face just goes white. I'm just like, holy fuck. Like, how do the Krishnas know about these dudes? <laughs> right? And I immediately, uh, I see somebody's got a uh, Jagannath pendant, right? He's the black one. I'm like, yo, can I have that? And like, fuck yeah, dude. I love you. I'm like, word, boom. And I look and I go, I forget my bike and I run to Hippie Steve's house. Hippie Steve is this dude who's a weed dealer that I worked with and he was a high level ex Hari Krishna, right? And just a fucking lunatic. And I'm looking at this button and I'm running. And it's even got like little swirly spiral like elements in the cartoon of him, right? Like that he's transforming, I realize. And it's got the big eyes, the big not blinking eyes. It's like, it's the thing. And I run over to Steve and I'm like, yo, bro, like, so like, how do the Hare Krishnas know about the thing I saw on DMT and like, what the fuck is going on with them? And he's like, well, you tell me what happened to you and then I'll tell you because I don't want to like color your experience. So I tell him the whole thing I just told you. And he's like, okay, so. In addition to Krishna, who's the supreme personality of Godhead, right? There's all yeah. these other beings. And he's like, Jagannatha, uh, Balarama, and Supadra are two males. It's like a king and his consort and this other 
dude, and they dance throughout the void, creating the space time universe. <laughs> and I was just like, what? <laughs> I'm just, and he, and he was like, here's what I want you to do, bro. I want you to go down there and like find a Krishna dude, you know, that you vibe with. Don't tell me you did any drugs. Tell me you're meditating. Just tell me you're meditating and tell me the exact story of what you told me without telling me anything I told you. And then I want you to tell me what he does. Like, come back and tell me what he does. I'm like, all right, cool. And so I go out and I fucking remember I fucking left my bike and it's like a sick flowable flyer aluminum cruiser just sitting on the beach in the grass, right? So I run a couple, like at least two miles back to fucking, back to be, my bike's still there. Holy fuck. I pick up my bike. Thank God, dude. I go find a Christian dude. I'm like, hey, I got a thing with these things. Can I like tell you this story? And he's like, okay, cool. So I tell him the story and he's just like, by the end of the story, he fucking empties his pockets and he gives me like his wallet and everything in his pockets and he fucking takes off his prayer beads and he gives them to me. And I'm just all, here, dude. <laughs> and he like, he wants to talk to me. He wants to give me a book and shit. I'm like, bro, I got to go. And now I'm like walking my bike and I'm just like, what the fuck was that? So I'm like, let me see if that works every time or like what that is. And so I find another dude and I'm like, hey, like, can I tell you this story? And like, the same thing happens where he just starts giving me his shit. And like, right when he starts, I'm like, I don't need your shit. I don't need your shit. Right. And now I ride my bike back to Hebe Steve's. I'm like, bro, like I tell him the story and they fucking give me all their stuff. And he's like, well, you're a holy man because almost no one has ever seen them. And like, you just saw some of their deities. And so like, now they're probably like your followers and they owe you everything. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's a fucking trip. And I don't claim to be have a unique knowledge. I actually think that the machine elves that Terrence talks about and a lot of people talk about are the are same. Because they, they, they show everybody how to build shit with sound. They show everybody how to build shit with sound. And their self-transforming machine. I saw them spinning geometries. But they looked exactly like fucking Balarama, Jagannath, and Supaja, right? And so the last part of the story is flash forward to the early 2000s. This happened in like 19, probably like 99, 2000. Flash forward to like 2007, right? I'm in Willet. I've been growing weed up in the woods from fucking Willet with my friends. And we're at Paradise Cafe, the local sandwich shop, for a minute getting some fucking supplies, uh, getting some food in between getting supplies, right? And a Hare Krishna dude walks in. And I'm with Kalron, and I don't remember who else. And I'm like, you guys want to see something crazy? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, okay, this might work, it might not, I don't know. And so I like walk over and I sit down with you. I'm like, hey, bro, like, I don't mean to interrupt you. Like, I'll even buy you a sandwich. Could I like tell you this story? And he's like, yeah, where? I told him the story and he fucking put his wallet on the fucking table and he went outside to his car and he got all his fucking like Bhagavad Gita's and like all the shit that like he can. And he put all of it on the fucking table. And I was like, dude, I love you so much. I don't need any of your stuff, dude. High five. And then I fucking went and sat down with Kelron and I, don't, I wish I could remember who else. I think it might have been an A-Dog. But anyway, I went and they were just like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, oh, I'm a holy man, dude. Don't worry about it, dude. It's all good. It's all good. So, so those that's are what happens stories. when you do it with your eyes open, bro. Right. <laughs> Moral of the story. Yeah, totes, totes or goats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's you- why the stories, like, I tell them with no identification to like ego or self, or like, I'm a holy man, because like, dude, oh, sure, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not, but guess what? It never has once paid the rent. Like, never well, that's because you didn't take the wallets, bro. Oh yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, I keep... You can just go around to all the Hare Krishnas and when you need some extra flow and just tell them your story. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I keep not... I keep... I keep... I have a vow to never start a cult. So that's part of that thing. Like, I can't, Yeah, I can't that's not... Yeah. You know, yeah. you got to be careful with that. Yeah. It's just... It's been done. And it always goes wrong. 
you know? Yeah, I mean, that shit, all those things are crazy, dude. I mean, I go those, I go these crazy, crazy fucking places on Hoppe. Really? Like the demons of all the negative emotions, like learning wow. how to hold them and do all that. Okay. Yeah. There's so many, there's so many places to go. Wow. You know, like the, like the Yama type, like Tibetan tusked demons that are. Yeah. Yeah, holding the holding all of the the flip side of the coin for all of humanity. I see those often uh, at the entry to my really powerful psychedelic trips. Yeah, well, they're, yeah. they're the, they guard the gates. They are, yeah, and the most amazing thing about them is that if you if you're afraid of them, they just get worse and worse, and it gets more and more gnarly. But if you're not afraid of them, they actually turn beautiful in front of your eyes, and you literally watch the void and flames and hell realms turn into paradise. Just yeah, because same thing. you're same brave thing. enough to look through them and look at them and also to accept them for their countenance. Like if you're able to really look at them and look at them in the eyes and see their beauty, they really just like everything else want to be connected to the source. That's the real. Yeah. I, I, uh, Man, I sound like a fucking hippie, bro. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's, <laughs> that's what I was getting at. Like, tell the truth. But, you know, here's the thing is like I'm also into like doing push-ups and, and showing up on time and, and you know. Yeah, living properly and contributing to society, trying to be generative to society, trying to offer gifts. Yeah, rather than rather than rob the Hari Krishnas, I like them, man. They're nice people. I, I before that ever happened to me, uh, I did try to join them one time, but like on my way to go down down to like join them, someone told me about the whole thing where they put saltpeter in the food and the whole weird sexual suppressive thing. Saltpeter in the food? Yeah, you know the Hari Krishna does the free food. Yeah, what's saltpeter? It's a mineral that kind of makes you, it's supposed to deaden your sex drive or make you slightly impotent. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Catholic churches would put it in their like, school food and shit, too. Crazy. And, and the monks, they would feed it to the monks and the priests. Like, permanently? No. no. Just, just And I don't even know if it works. It might have been an old wives' tale, you know? But they were down to try. Anything to suppress sexuality, bro. Right. Yeah, well, that's what I'm. That's kind of the thing is like bringing it back around is like I don't really personally trust anything that's suppressing sexuality. Agreed. Like it just it's just like why? Well, to an extent, I think that there are some out of bounds zones for the benefit of other others who are. I'm not talking about like shadow expression bullshit. Oh, okay, I'm talking about like divine sensuality and sexuality done Sexu- with full consent and awareness of all parties involved sexual any type of positive sexual experience between consenting adults of one or more should be completely awesome yeah what what was i i was trying to remember where i heard this i don't remember but that's the greatest locus of control but uh what was it if if both if if everyone involved is consenting and you can physically do it then it's not wrong (laughs) (laughs) i mean there you go that's not that's not the worst it makes sense it resonates as truth it's got the word consent in it, and that's the important part. Yeah. Everybody's and awareness. Like a, a fucking hell consent yeah. Consent and aware. Aware. Consent. Adults. It has the word adults in it. That's a good word, too. Yeah. yeah. All those are the right words. <laughs> All the right yeah. words. Yes. Consenting adults that are aware. Yep. Um, then go for it. Yeah. Be I mean, careful as you can or want to be, but try to be careful a little bit and go for it. Safety third, dude. It's a rule. Word. Um. I don't know how much time you have. What, how much time? How you long have? have we done? Uh, it looks like it says an hour and five minutes. Fuck. I mean, that's pretty excellent. We can wrap it. Yeah. You yeah. want to wrap it? Do you have anything you want to share? Do you have anything coming up for 2022? Is there anywhere people should look to you? Drop any social media links, any project links you're doing, anything that you're really excited to be doing this year as well? 
Um, I mean, I'm just excited to see what happens, dude. That's what I was kind of getting at. I'm just excited to see uh, February, mid-February, um, is the planet's Pluto's return. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like the last uh, last, last leg on the, or last hand on the, on the cosmic solar clock, um, you know, if you look at it like that. So the, the Do you think it's going to be good? This next age is coming, yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay, So good. that's what I think. I think awesome. it's like that, that final hand on the clock goes around and, and strikes, you know. Beautiful. This, the midnight, and it's click, and then it's over into the new day. And so, you know, our solar system just happens to be so many dimensions that it's got more than just two hands or three hands, right? Like, I, f- I feel an upwelling of both. I feel an upwelling of a yearning for new answers from people that were really complacent for a long time and i feel like one thing that i've seen in in history because i'm a big fan of history is that after any pandemic or plague there tends to be a a renaissance because there's everybody's just a afraid i mean uh uh, rejoicing to be alive right Mm -hmm. but also control systems are are damaged oftentimes and people begin meeting more in secret and in smaller groups and people begin focusing more on more on artistic creation and community well creation. the power the power structure is changing yeah because the power structure the the way that you derive power is changing right like i was saying talking about the age of pisces and the duality and the thing right the age of aquarius is different so you're not gonna be able to derive your power from separation and duality anymore you're gonna have to hallelujah hallelujah yeah so that that's a, nice that's what i'm looking forward to i'm a yes to that well so and I, that's again that's why i'm sitting here putting myself in front of people because I believe in you, I believe in your vision, your mission, your perspective, and there's a lot of people that I know who are either my friends or new friends or people that I I have seen works that they've created. Yeah. And I really just I want to share and empower their mission and their vision because I think it's going to take all of us. I think we need all of our smarts. Yeah, and like we were talking about the other day, you know, um, on that phone call, it's just like the dragons. Like there's there's specific groups that I think are are being called forth to lead and. I'm just really astounded by seeing who's actually in that group and who gotcha. I'm excited to be a part of it. Word. You know, honored to be a part of it more than excited. Gotcha. It feels like a lot of pressure, like we talked, but it's like, it feels good. It's divine pressure. The best place is when you feel scared shitless and nervous, but have an outlet, right? When you're scared yeah, yeah. shitless because of the work you have to do that you know you're going to do, that's great. Like doing this for me, I feel like the biggest asshole. But every time I get to the end of a podcast, I feel amazing and I've had a great connection yeah, with great. somebody. And I've empowered this, these conversations because all of these conversations <laughs> are things that we've been having already. Yeah. But now they're like I just did one with my friend Master Joe. He's a master jazz musician, an amazing uh, Shivite, and just an amazing gentleman with a, who's had a great life. And he's still active and playing tons of music and just a badass. And he's like 65 or 70. And now we have an hour of he and I chopping it up forever. And so at that time, he has to go on his journey and transition over. Like his family will have that hour of him chopping up and giving his knowledge and that essence of Master Joe, right? And like, yeah. We'll, we'll always have this. Yeah. So, or at least for at least until the next electromagnetic pulse, we'll have this. I mean, I don't know. Can it <laughs> store that shit in crystals, dog? We need to figure that out. So if yeah. you can store shit in crystals, get a hold of us. We need that. If you're, if you're good with, uh, if you want to do like social media for free weed, get a hold of us. If you want to help anything for free weed or get to hang out, we're pretty fun. Uh, if you can store information in crystals, give uh, me and Anthony a call. Yeah, we need that yeah. in case of the pulse. Do you want to give out your Instagram or any of that shit? Yeah, yeah. Um, my Instagram is at Osiris Arts. 
Um, it's spelled a little different. It's spelled like more of the ancient way. So it's A-S-I-R-I-O-S, arts. And then uh, that's also my website, just added.com. And then uh, my tattoo shop, we didn't even get into that. Yeah. Um, my tattoo shop's Instagram is at Ancestral Alchemy Tattoo. And it's in downtown Nevada City in California, NorCal. That's awesome. Let's, let's, let's do two quick uh, three-minute mini commercial. Unpaid advertisement. How long have you been tattooing for? Uh, I've been tattooing for, what, seven and a half years now. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. You've been stacking them up. Been, yeah, we've been friends like so that. So when, when Anthony started, I told him that uh, he had to be tattooing for 10 years, and then I would get a tattoo from him. Yeah. So you're close. You're two and a half years away. I'm, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I, I remember, uh, yeah, meeting you like right around the time that I started, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I, I met you before I started, actually. I think I think I think I did. Yeah, so much time has passed so quick, huh? Dude, it's weird. So Anthony's done his own work on himself, which almost every tattooist has, and I am impressed as hell that anyone can better draw, draw on themselves, stretch themselves, and stand still. For, I mean, I guess it's nice because you're doing it to you. So yeah, that part's easy. I think it hurts less. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do on your right arm. Um, I actually already know what I'm going to do. Are you going to do it yourself? No, I can't oh, do that. I, um, I wish you would at least do one. Philip Millick's going to do, do, like do like a snake. Oh, cool. His stuff yeah, so I'm going to have like a, a snake wrapped around and we're going to actually, the head of the snake's going to be in the palm of my hand. Ouch. So it's going to come up and wrap around my arm like this. Awesome. So then it can go like that and then the awesome. snake's in the palm of your hand. So it'll be worth the pain. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. I, do you have a date on that yet? Uh, probably sometimes this sometime this year we'll start. Okay, he's right. always so booked out. And you do like custom stuff. You do either you do commission stuff or you do you just do. Yeah, the, I mean, I, I you know, I don't often do walk in clients. You know, gotcha. it's more okay. of like what projects align with me because there's there's also a lot of artists in the shop. Gotcha. Um, you know, we're always looking for more. Cool. Um, but yeah, we've got different styles and different things. So I try to just like give the, you know, give everybody what they're good at and what they're passionate about. So they nice. do a better job and awesome. connect with their clients more. Fuck yeah. Cause it's like, you know, if you resonate with a certain imagery and that's what you like to do, yep. if somebody comes in looking for that, you're probably okay. going to vibe with them a lot more. Yeah, so the, I, the I experience is going to be better. Okay. I didn't know you had multiple tattoo artists. Yeah. Yeah. And so you moved to the place on broad street, mm -hmm. right? Which is the main street of Nevada. It's like an old town cowboy town still with the race sidewalk and the cover yeah, yeah. sidewalk and yeah okay cool yeah yeah that place is cool. i didn't know you had multiple folks out of it yeah i i mean i had more a lot of people moved away um like pff, wow. november they moved away i had it pretty much full okay uh but now we're rebuilding again so cool. we yeah. got i've got what tattoo three, artists tend to do that too they tend to like to three people that are essentially full-time cool um and then one person that comes in and out and then uh yeah, I'm looking at, I think there might be one more coming up. So, okay. And I'm in, I'm in, I'm in and out of there. I got my private studio too that I had before the downtown tattoo shop, but Excellent. I'm in and out of there as well. Okay. Yeah. So that's Anthony's links and then I will also update them when I get the show actually up. I'll update Sweet. if there's any other information. Awesome. Let's keep doing this. Yeah. And if we don't we don't have it out by February, mid-February, if it <laughs> takes that long, it's I'm excited. Let's see what happens. I'm excited too. I really feel and I hope I'm not, you know, I tend to just be optimistic. But yeah. I, I really do feel an upwelling of intent and energy from everyone that I've been around that they really want to see better and do better. Like I'm feeling it in, in everyone I'm around and every situation I've been around. Yeah. So let's hope. We're I love you, it. brother Anthony. Love Boom. you too, bro. And that was Radio Free Earth.
Thanks, everybody. Boom. Yeah.